0: Previously on the Tony Cornizer Show. So Megan's got a guy, Megan who has worked on around the horn and PTI and all these shows for years and years and years. Megan found out that I had this terrible pain, and Megan says I got a guy. He's a magician. He's a back magician. He's the greatest guy in the world. I call him up, and the first thing he tells me is, "We don't do insurance." I go, "Okay," and because he goes, "You don't have very good insurance."
1: Yeah, my <laughs> I've. <have Cigna. laughs>
0: Nobody does. Cygna stinks. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. All righty then. Some mail that we got that needs to be addressed. The first one is from Emily Bruner. Dear Mr. Tony, I just want to say that my 96-year-old father had surgery for spinal stenosis earlier this year. I've got that. He went from being in constant pain and needing a walker to no pain and no walker. He's doing great. I hope this email brings you a bit of comfort should surgery be in your future. It could very well be in my future next week, actually. The person to whom I'm related by marriage has been a loyal little for at least 25 years. I'm a recent addition due to the pandemic. Sending prayers for speedy recovery. Thanks for brightening up our days. Thank you very much for that. Most people who you talk to, I mean, there are people who will say, and I was always in this camp, don't get any back surgery at all because there's no such thing as one back operation. But people who've had this and had this particular type of microsurgery have walked out. Uh, It gets done, you walk out, and they don't have pain. George Solomon, my editor for many years, no pain. So anyway, what else did we get? Oh, from Dan Byrne, listen to this. He sent us a bunch of songs. He sent us um, songs for Mr. Tony Volume 1 and songs for Mr. Tony Volume 2, and he says, I will have physical copies like this on the road with me starting in January, should any littles pop up at my shows. Otherwise, folks can download them for $13.72, the price of a Burger King meal, at least where (laughs) I went on Connecticut Avenue on Bandcamp. I did a painting of the familiar TK Show podcast picture for the front of these, and loyal, little, shy Corman did the back. Beautiful watercolors from his visit to uh, Chatter to watch the show. Hope you enjoy having these. I hope the littles enjoy them as well. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for all that we do. How about thanks for all that you do? The artwork is beautiful. Yeah, uh,
1: it's amazing. Huge thank you for song number one. You know what it is? No. Hen Party. Oh, okay. Today's the day. Okay. The hens are having a party for their favorite hen.
0: Okay, that's great. So thank you to Dan Byrne, who is, he's a very accomplished guy. He's a wonderful artist. Really is. He sent me um, a calendar a couple of years ago with one picture of me and Wilbon that it was lovely. I mean, it was it was caricatured. It wasn't us, except it was us. I mean, stylized. He the, yes, he got the essence of us, and it was—it's just wonderful. Speaking of that, George Mallet. Oh. Sent me a card with his rendition on the front—a uh, watercolor of a snowman—and I like George Mallet for two reasons. One, he's a terrific artist. Yes. And two, he still uses a typewriter. He uses a typewriter to type out notes. Now, I don't know. I doubt very much because I don't know like the gradation of talent in art I'm I'm really not that person but I doubt it's it's as lucrative except on the very very highest levels where it's more lucrative than being on television but on most levels being a you know a sidewalk artist is not nearly as lucrative as
1: having your own television show which George Mallet does yes so we think he's chosen wisely right yeah I I mean feel like everything you read from uh, the the dealings of art, it's its in the selling of it where you're making the real money. And hopefully that trickles down to the artist. Yeah, but you never know. It might just be the agent. Yeah. And like 40%. Trafficking stolen goods. Has
2: it always been said that you have to die first before your art really becomes valuable? Yeah, well, that's not a good move. That's no, a tough career move, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's good for your heirs. But <laughs> right. other than that, no. Set up a good movie. So from Michael Kinslinger
0: <laughs> and Bill Horner, when you mentioned our frequent holiday food gifts on the pod, it gave us Sushnachas. It made us feel for Klemp and our kishkis. Now all we need is a dose of shipputzwa. And they sent, and I got this yesterday, and please don't send me things, please, but this is great. <laughs> we don't have them. Um, a uh is it Ghirardelli or Giridelli? You're, you're the one showing off with
1: of the pronunciation. I think it's Giridelli, right, right? Yeah. Go I think for it's it. Girardelli, not Girardelli.
0: I think it's a. Is it not a San Francisco chocolate company? Has it not been for 100 years? Yes. Yeah. Aroni rice Aroni is the San Francisco tree. Well, it's another San Herodelli Francisco tree. I <laughs> uh, Send a premium chocolate assortment, and that's really nice. But please don't send anything unless I really like it. You know, like when Jared sends gummy bears, like yes. that's different. Thank he you, can Jared. send all the gummy bears that he wants. And <laughs> let me get to a couple of things. So the other day, Alexander Ovechkin had an extraordinarily dramatic way of scoring goal, goal number 800. He started, he went to Chicago, and it makes me so happy to say this, that the Blackhawks stink, because Wilbon is always shoving the Blackhawks in my ears. <laughs> and they stink. And they beat, the Capitals beat the Blackhawks, I think it was 7-4. I think it was 7-4. And Ovechkin got a hat trick. He got a hat trick for 798, 799, and 800. And by getting to 800, became only the third person ever in the history of professional hockey a big-time professional hockey, Major League Professional Hockey, to have 800 goals. He joins Gordie Howe, who has only 801. In the NHL, he had a, another, like, 149 in the WHA. <laughs> Gordie Howe, if you add them together, has the most goals of everyone, more than Gretzky. Right. Gretzky had, like, 46 in the WHA. Gretzky's got 894 in the NHL, which is the accepted number. That's why we don't add together Ichiro's hits in Japan and in Major League Baseball. Right. It's just Major League Baseball. And he got 3,000 in Major League Baseball. Yes, he did. He's a Hall of Fame guy, but we don't do that. So in hockey, they just use the NHL, as opposed to in basketball, where they combine numbers from the ABA and the NBA. They do that, but not in the in the NHL. Okay. So Alexander Ovechkin is going to catch and pass Wayne Gretzky at the end in two seasons from now or at the worst at the beginning of the third season from now. Because in the last four years, he's averaged 40 goals a year. And this year he's on pace for 44. He's 37 years old, but he's the big Russian machine. He doesn't break down. He does not break down. He is as good now as he's ever been at being a goal scorer. My point would be, And this is the Wilbon point about millennials and Gen Xers and whatever these terms are that go around now. Michael, what are you? Don't leave out Gen Z. What are you? Are you Gen Z? I'm a a millennial. You're a millennial. I'm an older millennial. Okay. So his point is that they don't study history. They only study what is in front of them and they make determinations as to what they see. Basically, he says on TikTok. Thankfully, I've never looked at TikTok, so I don't know. I know what it is. I, I just don't do it. It would be wrong to equate when Alexander Ovechkin, who is the great eight, but not the great one. He ain't the great one. Okay. It'll be wrong to equate the amount of goals you score with the fact that you're the greatest hockey player of all time. Because he's not. Wayne Gretzky is the greatest hockey player of all time to everyone in the world except Bob Ryan who says Bobby is the greatest hockey player of all time. Everybody else says Wayne Gretzky. Nobody is going to say, nobody but a dope is going to say Alexander Ovechkin. Alexander Ovechkin ain't going to say it. He's going to say, and he can say proudly, I've got the most goals of anyone ever. And that's an incredible accomplishment. This is, this is how people ought to feel, and probably how they did feel, when Alexander Pujols got his 700th home run this September? Yes, this yeah, September. September yeah. And he joined an elite fraternity of him, Babe Ruth, Henry Aaron, and Barry Bonds. That's all there are. In hockey... There's only three. And the amount of people, the greatest hockey players, Mario Lemieux didn't get 800. or yep. 800, right? He didn't get 800. Bobby Hull didn't get 800. Phil Esposito didn't get 800. Yarmir Yager didn't get 800. They, they didn't get that. They were in the 700s. So it's a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment. My friend David, Wilbot and I were going back and forth on this on the air the other night, trying to analogize what Ovechkin had done. And Wilbon said that, um, that Gretzky was, he said that Gordie Howe was Hank Aaron and Gretzky was Babe Ruth. You know, that, that's what he said. Right. And David wrote in, he said, Gordie Howe, and Gordie Howe played into his 50s. He had the greatest longevity and he has, again, in terms of professional goals, he's got the most. He said he was Ty Cobb. Hadn't thought of that. Ty Cobb was, at one point, the greatest hitter in the history of baseball. Ty F. Cobb. Actually, it's Tyrus Raymond Cobb. (laughs) And then he said that Gretzky was Ruth and Aaron. Ruth and Aaron. That's how great Gretzky is. And then he said Ovechkin was Bonds. Not that Ovechkin has cheated in any way. But he's going to have the record, and it's not really going to be Um, the light that shines on it isn't going to be as bright as the people before him. And then he said that Bobby Orr was Willie Mays. Wilbon would go crazy (laughs) about this. He said that Bobby Orr was Willie Mays because Bobby Orr and Willie Mays could influence the game from the offense and the defense. And I thought David was right. It made a lot of sense That's to fair me. Point. Yeah. I haven't shared it with Will Bun because his head will explode.
1: <laughs> World Cup, we will not be on the
0: air. Um,
1: before you give that much time to the caps and not talk about their jerseys. They're back to the red, white, and blues. The red, the, yeah, the are great. And Eagle. Yeah, those are the ones. They They're great. Do. Those are fantastic. The
0: worst change they made was when they changed to the blue and the gold. Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah, everybody tried to get involved in blue for a while. You know, no. No, you're in Washington. You should be red, white, and blue. Right. The basketball team should be red, white, and blue. It shouldn't be anything else. Yeah. Or shouldn't have alternative jerseys. Maroon and black. Maroon and, and black. Yeah, of course, <laughs> but only for Sundays. Um, so the World Cup's going to be played. The finals are going to be played. Argentina and France. Before we are on again, Michael. What
1: is your analysis of the World Cup so far? Can't offer anything other than it's it's been a cool uh, it's been a cool event to watch with the kids and that's the power of where the time difference is that this is on TV as they're coming home from schools it's something that we can consume together uh, again still don't understand the way that all of these penalty penalties don't, work don't and you look at the power of what happened in that first semifinal game where that you know that first uh, first Messi. goal basically ends the game it's been fun to see uh, it's been fun to see these powers come together uh, but that's just what it is for me it's a celebration I love following Mbappe. But beyond that, I can't give you much. Nigel, you're a citizen of the world. <laughs> well, obviously,
2: I'm, I'm greatly disappointed once again England, in Team England. England yeah. And poor Eric Kane is going to have to live with missing that penalty We're shot. Coming yep. home, yeah. um, coming it's, we coming home, coming home. Football's <laughs> coming home. We've talked about it. I mean, when you see what these players do, it's remarkable. They're not using their hands. No. The ball's like on a string. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, obviously, I grew up with that. And so I appreciate it, but I've been here in in America for so long, I sort of forget about it, and it's just brilliant. I have one observation about the game, and then
0: one about specifically to the World Cup final. The observation I have about the game is, and you know I've said this before, it drives me crazy that they don't shoot more. But when they shoot on goal, and the goalie has to move... That is thrilling. Yes. It's three times a game, yeah. but it's almost worth the price of admission. But that's it's the difference between those,
1: those top four teams when they when they're making those decisive you know the decisive moment to shoot. Yeah. And then you see the, you know, you can almost see the the threat as to what led to that moment and how quick they are in transition. It's just
0: it's it's just you I mean, you get up when that happens. It's it's really it's really a wow. I don't offer I I I I have some, I don't have any theories. I believe that the substitutions are much more important than they appear to be, but I can't tell you why. So I'm not, you know, I mean, it has to do with the fact that your greatest players are out there. For, you know, you make a sub in the 70th minute, there's some guy out there been rolling out for 70 minutes. He's got to be tired. A yeah, sub could a come gassed. in and change the game. Yeah. If you substitute wisely, that substitution could change the game. Because he's fresh, right? But he, I don't know if that's true. And you think just being
1: off the ball, you know, if you're if you're sort of blocking somebody, what that then allows your your goal scorer to do?
0: Yeah, I, I you know, it it just it strikes me that that's got to be more important. Get it appears sort of casual now, and it strikes me that I'm an idiot on that, and it's got to be more important than that. But but to to the final, Argentina against France. I I don't know. I can't know
2: this. A couple of good wine matchups. Yes. Yes. I hadn't thought of it that way, but yes, you're right. Side bet between countries' leaders? Oh. Cases of wine? That would be good.
0: Macron was there. Oh, They showed him in the stands. I don't know the leader of Argentina. I don't know who he is, but Macron was definitely there. Like, I don't know that they are the best two teams. I'd be foolish for me to try to make that judgment, but that's probably the best final you could have because of the stories involving each of these teams. On one side, you have Lionel Messi, who a lot of people would like to tell you is the greatest soccer player of all time. But as Wilbon will tell you, if you don't win the World Cup, shut up. Shut up. You've had chances to win the World Cup from a country with enough of a population to have a really deep World Cup team. Other Argentine teams have won the World Cup. If Messi doesn't win, that's a judgment. So this is his chance, his last chance, for the total redemption against those people, you people, and people would be then legitimized for saying he's the greatest soccer player of all time. I would think you could make that case. On the other side, France is going for a repeat. I think there's only been three repeat champions, and the last one was 60 years ago. Yeah. It was Brazil with Pelé yeah. in 58 and 62, and, and it's 60 years ago. So that would establish France... That would make them one of the greatest World Cup teams of all time. Plus, France has this incredible internal struggle as to whether or not to play this great player, Kareem Benenza ben- 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 Benzema. Benzema, who was last time in the World Cup. Last time in the World Cup, he wasn't allowed to play. He was exiled because of his participation In a plot to extort a teammate over a sex tape. (laughs) A teammate. A teammate. That makes him almost as bad a teammate as Kyrie Irving. (laughs) That's just so there's that backstory with Benzema. And, you know, so I assume that, like, do I have a rooting interest? No. But I will tell you as a former sports writer, the easier story to write and down the line, the better story to write is Messi. It's messy because when you write about an individual and not a collective group, it's easier and better and people relate to it more. So for me, the column going in would be what happens with Messi. Win or lose. I'll either make you laugh
2: or make you cry. That's my job. So it is Benzema, right? Benzema, yes. And Alberto Fernandez is the the uh, teammate with the sex tape? No, that's the leader of Argentina. May, oh. have a, may have a sex tape I'm unaware of. Okay, I, I, I'm unfamiliar with it. Keller's done a great job of prepping you for PTI
1: the last few days.
0: Well, Kelleher's son, Dean, is a goalie at Columbia University, and Kelleher likes soccer and does not push it. Um, I, I did, I have a phone call with someone else the other day saying, You guys are doing really good on soccer. I said, We don't know anything about soccer. He says, Yeah, but you're trying, and you're acknowledging, and this is all Kelleher, of course, you're acknowledging that it is the lead story that day. Now, it ain't the lead story Monday. I'm sorry. The NFL is the lead story Monday. And soccer knows this. And that's why soccer's putting its final on at 10 in the morning Eastern. Now, they've been putting stuff on at 2 in the afternoon Eastern to try and get a crowd. But they're not going against the
1: NFL on a Sunday. How is the calendar for the uh, November, December, the, the sort of holiday World Cup? How has that worked for the numbers in this country?
0: Well, I read a story the other day. Uh, there were two games at least and one was england and france one got 11 million viewers on fox and one got 13 million viewers on fox the nba final game doesn't get that in the playoffs one got 11 and one got 13 now carolina against atlanta on a thursday night is going to get more than that because it's the nfl yeah you need to respect this i know mike screams all the time you know but he's wrong the nfl is dominant Totally dominant. People want to watch it. But Fox has done very well with the World Cup, and that doesn't count. And I'm deliberately not counting the Telemundo figures because I'm assuming the people who are watching that are watching in Spanish. And so they – I don't know. Maybe I'm stupid to say this. They might not be the biggest NFL fans. They might be dyed-in-the-wool soccer fans. Sure. And am I wrong on that? No. That's a supposition that I would make. So I'm only counting the Fox numbers because nobody – English-speaking
1: people would, I think, go to Fox and not Telemundo, right? Yeah, are you getting out enough to do errands like the grocery store, dry cleaners, getting, get, just hearing people talk about it as you sort of go about your day-to-day? All that happens when I go out, if I go out, is I complain about my
0: leg and the pain down my right leg. <laughs> I'm not interested in other people's Not lives. feeling questions about the commander's playoff chances? Well, you know, actually, the, the guys who do the trash pickup, They want to know about that all the time, and I love to talk about that after I tell them how much pain I have (laughs) running up and down my right leg. (laughs) Well, the shot on the L5 seems to have worked a little bit better than the shot on the S1, but it's not enough. It's not enough. Right now, as we sit here at 8 o'clock in the morning on a Friday and my uh, my scheduled surgery is later next week, it ain't enough right now. So we'll take a break. Um, Is there anything else anybody wanted to say?
1: The boys have no. holiday concerts today. Very excited. Henry's been practicing his dreidel song, as he calls it. What, well, how, what is he going to sing? Uh, I believe he's going to get stage fright. Uh, okay. <laughs> or take over the entire show and have a solo. And I believe Walker is singing Don't Stop Believing. Don't uh, Stop Believing? But they've changed sure, the wording wow. to Don't Stop Achieving, uh, which he was not allowed to tell his parents, and we told him we don't like Don't Stop secrets. Thinking About Tomorrow. Don't Stop Achieving. Don't Stop It'll Soon Be Here. Yeah. Don't
0: Stop Achieving. <laughs> I don't know that that's how they wrote it. Uh, you know, well, you know what? In the
2: world of a kindergartner, maybe it is. Who wrote that? That was um, McPhee. Did she write that? Christine, did Christine McPhee. McPhee write yes. that whole song? Yes, I She believe, gets full credit on that one? I believe she, she does, yes.
0: Yeah, that's a loss. I, I had no idea when I read the obituaries. I had no idea how many of their great songs she wrote. Yeah, nor did
2: I. You read through and you're like, wow. that. and you like, wow. I wasn't aware Yeah.
0: I wasn't aware of that. Okay. Uh, yeah, Jason La for When we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser.
2: Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky
5: This is the Tony Kornheiser Show.
0: This is Ronnie Newmeyer. song called Jingle Bus, and he says everyone's got a Christmas song and here's mine. This is about a time about 25 years ago when I organized a couple of Christmas caroling bus trips for a bunch of friends and their families. We rent a double-decker bus and bring along a stack of Armand's pizzas and some of my grandma Hattie's almost lethally alcoholic eggnog and go riding around <laughs> looking at lights and singing carols followed by some ice skating. Hattie's a name that ought to be used more, don't you think? I also had an Uncle Walker, by the way. After I wrote it, I gave a simple guitar and vocal demo to my friend Edward O'Connell, who produced, played, and sang everything you hear here. Talk about a Christmas miracle. Ed is a nationally acclaimed indie songwriter with three terrific albums to his name that you can find on the usual music streaming services and sales sites. Thanks for another great year of entertainment and community. Wishing you and the gang the best, Ronnie Newmeyer. We love Ronnie Newmar. Absolutely love Ronnie. You know, and we wish him luck in every appearance he and his bands make. Yeah. You know, and this is called Jingle Bus. You can listen to it at the end of the show without me talking over it. It plays in Jason Locke and four. And the first question, I was one of those people, and I'll even quote myself, when I found out the 49ers were going to play Brock Purdy last night, and Wilbon mm-hmm. on the lead-in said, do you think they should do that? And I said emphatically, no. They should not do it on the road. They should not put this kid in any sort of jeopardy at all. They didn't need to win the game. Their playoff uh, circumstance was secure. And I went on and on, and Wilbon told me I was an idiot, and they had to tailor a game plan for him that would protect him as much as possible. So I'll ask you, Jason, what do we take away from last night's game and the performance by Brock Purdy?
6: I mean, still small sample size, but you have to really nitpick. And – like if you didn't take out the Mr. Irrelevant stuff and all that, right? Like take out where he was drafted and where yeah. he played college football. Like just, just, um, what? No, for any quarterback. I don't care if he was taken twelfth overall, right? Who's thrust into that situation where he's drafted into a team where nobody thinks he's going to play, and it's a team with Super Bowl or bust expectations, and they now have lost the two guys in front of you, not like for a few weeks or you know, not a hammy. <laughs> They're done. Right. This is it. The buck stops with you, um, and they're playing their best football of the season, and they seem to be really rounding into that Super Bowl or Bust team. People thought that they were like there's not a whole lot of holes in his game right now. Like I, I, and then when you factor in, oh yeah, and he was Mister Irrelevant, and you know what I mean. This was the deal, and it's like, come on, like that. No one, no one, they they didn't see this coming. If they saw this coming, he's he's not. They're drafting him in the second day. Not their final pick, right. but hats off to to Kyle Shanahan and his staff for for the job they 've done. Um, they let him grow into that game. I think the first half play calling was really conservative. Some of the things that they would normally be doing around midfield taking some deep shots, you know they get that penalty, it makes it fourth and you know fourth and long fourth and, to fourth and two. he ends up punting anyway. he punted
0: that surprised me, yeah
6: yeah, yeah. I think that was an indication that hey we 're not. We, we are going to really play this close to the vest. We're going to be uber conservative. We're going to let our defense make a play that changes the game. It's the best defense at, in, in at the football. the end of the first half, they made a play that, that to me, was yeah. the singular most important yeah. uh, turn of events. Because now it's 14-3, and we're getting the ball back, and their defense is starting to look at themselves saying, can we really, can we really keep this up for four quarters? Because we pretty much have sucked all year long outside of like a three-game stretch in October. And then the levy broke and, you know, McCaffrey got his 100 yards and the kid got more confidence and he knew one mistake isn't going to kill us. You know, and then they're taking some, they're, they're taking some downfield shots to start the second half and it's lights out. Um, but, like, his decision-making, I mean, the double pump fake stuff and then hitting Kittle, I like...
0: So let me get to that. Just let me get to that for a second. And let me, let me say and let me acknowledge that two of the three greatest quarterbacks of all time Tom Brady drafted in the last round and Johnny Unitas not drafted at all. That doesn't mean if you're not not drafted you're going to be great because 95% of the people not drafted can't play. So, I mean, I want to acknowledge this. But that particular play you're talking about, the two pump fakes and Kittle sort of in the left middle, I hate to say this, he looked like Joe Montana on that play. I'm not saying on any other play. But you know, you remember what Montana, he's mm-hmm. built like, but he's not big, this kid. Yeah. He's not thick. No. And that play was a Joe Montana play. And I watched that one and I went, really? Yeah. Really? No, now, it's,
6: it's, go ahead. There's something there, right? Like, there's there's something there.
0: But on the other side of that, my son and I were talking before the show started. And he was saying, well, you're going to get tape on this kid you're going to see what he can do. It's probably the worst time to come in six games before the playoffs. Better one game before the playoffs mm-hmm. when they can't get enough tape on you. Because we look around at the Cooper Rushes and the Bailey Zappies of the world, and they're back on the bench. And so uh, that's what I'm asking you. Where is this kid?
6: Well, look, he's he's in great hands um, in terms of a quarterback sensei, in terms of someone who can speak their language. In terms of someone who can manage them between the years, through the week, and then hand them um, a game plan and make in-game adjustments that are going to be pretty astute, we we can certainly still debate the overall sort of uh, where Cal Shanahan is in the in the pantheon of things um, in terms of a head coach, but this stuff this is his wheelhouse. So, and you know, Debo's coming back, and it's a really well-constructed team, and you know, McCaffrey's playing paying great dividends, and Trent Williams, Knockwood has been more healthy than not. Like, all right,
0: all right, And it's
6: the number one defense in the NFL. Yes, so it is. All when you factor in all of that, you know, I, I still think this has to play out. And guess what? They don't have to make any decisions on you know next year's quarterback roster for quite some time. But I, I, this doesn't strike me as sort of flukish or bizarre.
0: Really. It's not impossible, you don't believe. No,
6: like, could this, is this kid, could this kid be an above-average NFL starting quarterback? I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. And as to the Bailey Zappi thing in particular, I think Bailey Zappi should be playing. why? So I mean, I. he's not playing because the other guy, because they took the other kid 15th overall a year ago. But I think there could be a little something-something to Bailey Zappi. I'm not, I'm not a Cooper Rush guy. But the circumstances sort of matter, too, and they're really, you know, door number four is... Josh Johnson, who, yeah. you know, is, yeah. understands the system and and still has some athleticism to him. But, I mean, that's the journeyman's journeyman. That In terms of upside, there is none. So um, this, this could be pretty interesting.
0: Okay. I'm going to shift gears completely. You mentioned McCaffrey. It allows me to do this. Carolina was one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst team in the league. You were the first guy, Jason, to say that Matt Rule was going to go, and Matt Rule went, and he went early. They fired yeah. the coach. They trade their best player. And suddenly, as Tampa Bay wheezes, yeah. it is possible, and not remotely possible, reasonably right. possible, that Carolina will get to the playoffs. Can you explain that to me?
6: Well, Steve Wilkes is, is a hell of a football coach. Um, and he's had to live with this sort of stain that wasn't his creation. It was Steve Kime, the Arizona Cardinals GM's creation. Because he built that roster, and he hired most of Steve Wilkes' assistant coaches and put that staff around him. And then by October was telling anybody who would listen, I, I bleeped up with this coach, and we got to get him to bleep out of here. And, yeah. you know, you, you, you knew by, like, Thanksgiving. It's just a matter are they going to fire Wilkes in season in year one, or are they going to wait till three seconds after the season ends? Because he is the fall guy, and there's no two ways about it. And this GM is bosom buddies with the owner, and he's already telling everybody, that's what's holding us back. Not that I drafted Josh Rose in tenth overall, not that I right. can't identify an offensive lineman to save my life, even though I played offensive line at NC State, but whatever. so that you know he's he's had to overcome that, um, and the stigma that gets attached to that. but you look at how this team plays and and you watch him through the week and how he handles players and how he's handled this quarterback situation which which appeared on the surface to be the least tenable in the NFL. I mean, basically, you know, P.J. Walker was his best guy for most of the year until he got banged up, and that's just the reality. And they're in every game, and they're winning fourth quarters, and if they don't make that controversial call on D.J. Moore taking his helmet off, he's yeah. in first place. Yeah. Um, he has really strong support in that organization from some of the people who are closest to David Tepper, and even if they, you know, whatever, fall a little short of the playoffs... I. I I personally am becoming more and more convinced that he is the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Wilkes will
0: get, will get the full-time yeah, job.
6: At, okay. I, too many people who know too many things told me when I first wrote about this that like this is this is going to be, have a better shot of becoming the full-time thing than than you come to think of in these situations cuz usually these interim coaches are handed a you know what sandwich and yeah. it's real hard to turn that into chicken salad. Yeah. Yeah. Um but no, I mean every like they're running. They run the ball significantly better since they traded McCaffrey yes, than they, they were, you know, with McCaffrey. Yes, and also, Steve Wilkes, It's not his staff. Like they got some rules guys out of there because like let them just go to college and you know make their money there. Get them out of here too. But like he he didn't like have an unlimited budget. You can't go hire a bunch of coaches, you know, in October because they're in you know they're contracted to other teams. So when you really look at the totality of what he's accomplished um, and and you watch that team with any regularity, it's like the little engine that could. And I hope he gets that job. I I think he will get that job. And they've got Pittsburgh this week. Do I think that they can run it down Pittsburgh's throat a little bit? I do. Um, And I think they win that football game, and I I know they can compete with any team in that division. So it's kind of interesting.
0: Okay. Let me uh, go to one other thing. And the question I had written down, is there a tour crisis? I don't think it's a crisis. But he's going into snow. and he's not. You don't expect him to win that game. If they won that game, I'd be very, very impressed. And that would be the end of the tour crisis. Um, that strikes me, Jason, by the end of the year. That, that's. If you're in Miami, you cannot. You're in San Diego. You're in Miami. You're in these places. You cannot go into Buffalo and Green Bay and win. You can't. You can't.
6: Well, it's going to be tough. Um... And this part of the schedule, two weeks out in California, where two different teams pretty much beat up your wide receiving core, um, dare this this quarterback to beat you out not within the hash marks but outside the hash marks, and it it looks um, it, it, it it looks rudimentary. It, it, I mean, they started a football game three and seventeen. I mean, I know that's a really good defense over there, but I mean, the whole you know high percentage rhythm tempo. Get it out quickly, you know, like if you can't y they're taking away the crossers and and they're taking away the slants, right? And they're beating Waddle up at the line of scrimmage and they're forcing Tyreek Hill outside and it looks that bad. That's a problem, you know? And then the coach is kinda of talking about, well, it's kinda of like defending his scheme and talking about players and I'm like, Oh, woo. Come on, man. You're twelve games into this, homie. I wouldn't go there. Yeah. And um, and then the quarterback saying, well, I, I threw some passes to my brother, you know, when I visited him at College Park, and it was, like, kind of snowing outside the dorms. And I'm like, that's not Buffalo, man. <laughs> like, come on now. Um, no, this is, uh, yeah, right. And people are wearing T-shirts. I wish it was colder. No, I, I think they're about to get emasculated. Um, the defense has never had any bite all year. They have not been able to maintain a consistent run game. Uh, and, and the, the quarterback looks a little lost, and the quarterback is certainly a little beat up, um, and I don't know that the scheme is going to be their savior, especially against this defense. Like, I didn't like this matchup if they were playing it in Kalamazoo in a dome somewhere, but you factor in all of this, uh, and even that first game, I, I know Buffalo lost. They ran 90 plays of offense. Miami ran like 30. I mean, Josh Allen accumulated like 500 yards. They found a way to lose, but... It's not because, you know, it was sort of circumstances and turnovers and weird stuff, but you look at Miami's numbers the last five years at Buffalo, It's it's been a, um, a house of horrors for them. And I'm not really buying a lot of body language. I'm not really buying what I'm seeing out of the Dolphins right now. Okay, um, And I do think the bottom's falling out a little bit. That's not to say they still can't get in the playoffs. That's not to say that is not a starting quarterback in this league or can't even be a really good starting quarterback in this league. Um, but they're... The magic carpet ride is over, and they're hitting some real adversity, and there's a lot of people who might be a little over their heads, and I'll be fascinated to see how they handle this.
0: It's good to hear. Plug your uh, radio show for us, please.
6: You guys can listen to me um, go on and on about stuff like this, but primarily Baltimore, stuff like this. From 2 to 6... Every weekday on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore, you can stream us at www.105.7TheFan or listen in real time or play back on the uh, Odyssey app, A-U-D. A-C-Y. A-C-Y, yeah.
0: M-O-U-S-E. I always
6: <laughs> want to put a U in there where it doesn't belong. Yeah. Um. Um, But I'm used to that. With my last name, people put vowels where they don't belong all over the place anyway. So I'm good with it. Enjoy the games this weekend, guys. Thank you.
0: Talk to you soon. You can also read Jason in the Washington Post twice a week, which is worth the price of the Washington Post. I am becoming addicted to the Albany's sour gummy bears. Yeah, we could hear you dipping into those. Yeah, I'm becoming addicted to them. <laughs> we'll take a break when we come back. James Carville's actually going to post. Yes. And then Jeff Ma. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
4: This is the Tony Kornheiser Show.
3: This is a song called
0: Christmas Time is Here. Raise a cup of cheer. It's sent to us by Caldwell Gray was with the D.C. rock band Craven Dogs. I love that name. <laughs> a mutual fan, Bob Schultz, suggested we send you our new holiday song. So thanks for your consideration and have a great holiday season. And he signs it Caldwell Gray Craven Dogs, celebrating 245 dog years. Michael, if people like the Craven Dogs, want to send us their original
1: music, which is very lovely, how do they do so? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at Tonycornizershow.com. Send us your music. We like music. James Carville
0: joins us now. James Carville, he picks his own games, which is an advantage, and he announces what will be three plays and four plays and five plays. But let's understand something about Carville this year. His three big plays so far, he's 11-0. And and his overall numbers, he's 46-30-2, 6-4 last week. 46-30-2 is plus 16. Are you betting these things? Because if you are, you can get a new
7: house. (laughs) So let's go through the card here, Tony. Uh, uh, College, uh, Cincinnati, Louisville. Louisville is 1.5 phase. There's a lot of coaching stuff going on there, but I'll take uh, Louisville on that one.
0: You're going to take Louisville. And and these guys, both teams have changed coaches, right, in the last month? Okay, you're going to take Louisville. Okay.
7: Uh, Florida, Oregon state, Florida, uh, Oregon state is, is where y'all see that at?
2: I got Oregon state giving nine and a half, James.
7: Uh, I had it at 10, so I'll take it at 10. Okay. Take you'll Florida. take it at 10. Florida.
0: You're going to take Florida, even though Florida's had a bad year, but bad year. Had right? a
7: bad year, But I know Billy Napier, cause he used to coach at Louisiana Lafayette. Uh huh. And he, he's a good coach and he, he has a good bowl record. Okay. I, they didn't have a good year. I admit that. Yeah. Uh, SMU is I got I got a minus three and a half against BYU.
2: I've got it minus four.
7: Okay, I'll take the four and BYU.
0: Of course, you'll take the four at that point if you're going to take BYU. Okay, mm-hmm. what else? Uh,
7: the Dolphins and the Bills.
0: Yes, the Dolphins are plus seven and a half, I believe. I've sounded plus plus seven right. now.
7: Plus, I right, take the Bills. Yeah, you
0: got this. is. We just had Jason Lockenfora on, and he said he thought that would basically be nuclear.
7: <laughs> Cowboys <laughs> and the Titans. Uh, and the
2: Jags.
7: Cowboys and the Jags.
2: I've got Dallas uh, giving four. I take, take the Jaguars. Really?
7: I bet, I bet, yeah, the better people thinking. You know, I wasn't very impressive against Houston last week.
0: Right. Yeah, it took late in the game. They were impressive in the last yeah. four minutes. And you had Jacksonville last week, and they won the game, right?
7: Yeah, uh yeah, had the Titans and the Chargers.
2: Uh, I've got the Chargers giving three.
7: Okay, t- I'll take the Titans.
2: Really, they've
0: been—they've lost three in a row. They look bad. You're going to take yeah,
7: them. I, I know, but they're not bad. They have. I agree. And, right. and the Chargers, I think I had them last week. Yes, you did. And you won. They, they're not—they're not an overly consistent team. Okay. They, okay. You, you okay. like your uniforms, or not? You like your uniforms.
0: Their uniforms, right. and, yeah, are nice. Yeah, They've always great. been nice.
7: They got they got like, different uniforms, you know. I didn't like I didn't like the Seattle uniforms. I don't like that Seattle, Oregon, Northwest stuff. But this is me. Yeah,
0: but I agree with you on that. You know, and I like the classic the, San Francisco uniform. I, I like. that. I
7: do. I I I like the khaki and red. Yeah, you know, looks call good. It, call it gold, whatever they call it. I, I do like the San Francisco uniforms. Who are you putting of the World Cup? Um,
0: I, I, I talked about this before. As a former sports writer, the easier story to write and the better story to write is to concentrate on an individual like Messi instead of the team like France. So I think I'm pulling for Messi, but win or lose, he would be the column. He either achieves this greatness or or the door is shut forever, right?
7: Yeah. I, I'm torn because I'm French ancestry. There's actually a diligent Normandy called Carville. Is that right? And... Uh, we ended up in Ireland, but that's all right. Uh, in Argentina, I've been down there twenty times, and the country is just in. in, in the <laughs> I mean, it's just horrible inflation and everything. And it, I mean, it, they put out if if they win, there'll be three million people in the streets.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, mean, I noticed that Macron okay. was at the last game. He's there. I saw that. Yeah.
7: I, but I, I, I like the, the French jerseys are the best. Soccer They're players, lovely. Soccer jerseys like. And
0: plus, you have the choice of long sleeve or short sleeve. You see the players in different. You know, you, you wouldn't see that in baseball. You no. can't do that in baseball. Right. So, you got another game
7: for us? Yeah, Bingo I got two more. Uh, the, the Bengals and the Bucks. What do you got to have? Uh,
2: I got Cincinnati giving got, three and a half on the road. Joe Burrow. Yeah, you love Joe Burrow. I'm
7: starting to mention. Well, you know, Joe Burrow has a lot of similar to Tom Brady. You couldn't say that about anybody. Joe Joe he He's
0: that good. He is
7: and then for uh the Fresno and Washington State and the thrilling Los Angeles bowl, what line you see there?
2: I've got Fresno State at uh giving four.
7: Well, okay, so uh I was given three and a half. Take so three
0: and
5: a half.
7: at three and a half, that's my super steam cap out three time <laughs> undefeated so far this year. Boy ACL-Sports.com
0: pick. You're going to take Fresno State over Washington State. Now, let me just ask you a question. Did you I'm not? i Yeah, a few weeks ago, did you not lose on a Fresno-Boise State game? Remember?
7: I think I did.
0: Yeah, so you have you yeah, learned? The
7: best time, my uncle taught me the best time to get on a horse is right after you've been thrown.
0: Okay. Was that your Irish uncle or your French uncle? Yeah. <laughs>
7: Well, we're uh, both the same because I think we went from France to William the Conqueror and ended up in Ireland, but I don't know. But there's a, there's a village in, in Normandy called Carville. It's got a, like a church that's on the register historic places. But anyway, I'm torn between French and France and Argentina.
0: All right, well, enjoy watching. Thank you, James.
7: All right, you bet.
0: James Carville. He's back on pace, cursing once, which is always very good. A well-placed curse. Yes, it was very good. Describing Argentina in a way that you can guess, kids. You can guess. We're going to have to change that. Um, he's he's. It's not that he's chaotic, but he's picking almost every game that's being played. And I wonder, what is he going to do when football's
1: over? Because he seems to be giving... So much time to this. I, I just like that he fights for the line that he has heard once and will <laughs> only accept that. He takes that one line. He picked eight
0: games. Yeah, nobody picks eight games, and he's got the triple play. But he is on his three bets so far that have been multiple bets. Yeah, he's eleven and zero. It's eleven and zero. It's is an Jeff early, Ma with early us? Early holiday
2: gift. From Jeff James. Ma indeed is with us.
0: Can you explain Carville? Can you expl- Carville is killing it right now and has these multiple bets? Where he's winning each time? Do you ever? Do you listen to
3: Carville? I, I mean, can I explain or can I understand Carville? <laughs> <laughs> things, right?
0: Yeah, I think there's two uh, questions in there. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, I mean, I, I no, I can't explain it. Um, I, I don't understand anything about his process or anything. Um, you know, uh, betting a lot more on individual games is both good and bad. If you really have a reason why you like a game more, and there's some—I mean, we're all about process, right? So results don't really matter to us. So I I need to understand a lot more of his process, and because it's really hard to even understand what he's saying, it's really hard to understand his process.
0: Well, his process is he calls up T Boy Latchelay and he says, "What do you got?" Or or he goes on some sort of website that nobody else in America has seen. That's deep, (laughs) deep in Cajun land, right in some parish outside of.
3: he goes into a bodega, right? So yeah. any, any of these things are, 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 are processes that I don't understand, I think.
0: Uh, do I understand correctly that you went to Carbone?
3: I did go to Carbone. I went there on, on Monday night.
0: And this is the one in, in New York or the one where you are?
3: It's the one in New York. This is the, the one in New York. It's really hard to get a reservation oh, at the one that they, you're to get, you were trying to get a reservation out for a friend, right? I
0: did, and, and I got close. I mean, I think I could have closed the deal, but then I was called off the case. I think I honestly think I could have closed that particular deal. And then people, I think, need to know, they assume it's Carbone's, but it's Carbone. Carbone, right? It's Carbone. It's we, carbone have been yeah. buying, we have been buying their marinara sauce for the last year. Great. It's great. It's just great. So how did how did you did you get in, or did somebody with you get in, and who was there?
3: Well, I got in, and I went with Rufus, and I went with uh, a friend of ours named Ted Knutson, who runs a soccer stats company. Uh huh. Um, And uh, we day of got in. We're able to actually. uh, I called a couple friends, and one of them said, "Hey, I can get you in." I think that she. She got me in, um, which was great. Hold on, I'm getting invaded by my children. That's right fine. Now.
5: That's fine. They <laughs> won't because you they wanted you to bring home spaghetti. Podcasts.
3: Please. Go watch some television. Anyway. So. That's great
0: parenting. <laughs> That's such great parenting. It's such a good example for my son. It's Go funny, watch Paw some television. <laughs> so great. So great. So anyway, so uh yeah,
3: no, so I was able to call a friend and, and get in day of. Um it's it's The hardest reservation to get these days, I actually had called a guy who works for Dave Chang, the famous chef, and he wasn't able to get me in. Um, But we went in and we had a wonderful meal. We had uh, a great chopped salad. We had their their go to is the spicy rigatoni, which is unbelievable. Uh, We had a veal parmesan and then we had a lobster fra diablo.
0: And was it was it all you hoped it would be?
3: You know, it's one of those places that part of the allure is just getting in, but yeah. the food is actually amazing also. It, it was it was a one Michelin star restaurant. I think it may have lost its Michelin star, but it, it remains a restaurant that is very consistent. The food is incredible. The atmosphere and the ambiance and just the idea of going to Carbone is very exciting.
0: So was other than you and Rufus, was there anybody truly famous there?
3: At the, at the uh, when you other were the- than the two of us. No, uh, we I didn't notice anyone famous there when I was there, but I wasn't I'm not a I'm not a gawker. Right. You no, know? unless unless there's someone there that wants me to park their car. I'm not really
5: needed. <laughs>
0: so. Let me take the arrow out of my chest. Yeah. OK. Yeah, that's good. All right. Let's go to the games. You were three and three last week. You're 36, thirty six, no, thirty no, no, and one. I was
3: four and, was four and two. Last you were
0: four week. and two. Then you're thirty seven, twenty nine and one.
3: Yeah, it's not as good as a monkey or as a a, uh, political pundit, but, you know, whatever. Um, i take uh, Baltimore plus the three over Cleveland. Um, Again, just think Baltimore. I took them last week, Baltimore with Huntley. uh, Certainly a downgrade, but probably not as much of a downgrade as people think. um, Like them to win this game. And and
0: by the way, uh, Deshaun Watson is not ready yet. Yeah, He's not not who he's going to be as a player. He's not. Okay, what else?
3: I'm going to take the Patriots plus the one-and-a-half at the Raiders. Um, This line earlier, it's shifted from minus one to plus one-and-a-half, meaning some people like the Raiders here. Uh, You know, New England is a team that seems to play well against the bad teams, and um, I like them here to win this game. And they get
0: points, you're saying. They're getting one-and-a-half now. That is a big shift. They are
3: now, yeah. It's not not a— not a significant difference but it, yeah no I, okay I'll, I'll take the one and a half okay I'm gonna take the Giants plus the four and a half over uh your commies. yeah um, I heard you guys talk about this earlier this week and by the way I'm, I'm just excited that Chuck Todd knows my name when he he brings up things <laughs> about me <It's> Wonderful. <laughs> uh, but the Giants plus the four and a half over Washington can you explain
0: um, explain that to me because I really think the Washington's gonna win and win by a lot does the Giants have just they've run out of gas go ahead
3: yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter of when you have teams of this sort that are relatively equal, and and you know, getting uh, three, four and a half points, getting over a field goal in a game, which is likely going to be very close, um, is is just value to me. Okay. Um, I I think Washington, you know, is I believe they'll win this game probably, but I don't think they'll win by more than a field goal or more. You know, the the points here make it such that I think there's edge betting the Giants. Okay. I'm going to take Minnesota minus the three and a half over Indy. Um, You know, last week was the week that everyone kind of got their, their moment with Minnesota being overrated and kind of got to, to, you know, relish in that moment. But I I think they bounced back here and I I, I think this Indy team is, is done. And so I, 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 you know, I think that this whole idea of bringing in someone with no, no experience was probably a bad idea. You need experience to be a head coach in the NFL. And um, I like Minnesota to, cover this game well this if it's
0: game. a bad idea it surely is jimmy ursay's idea because he is a specialist <laughs> in bad ideas okay what else and then
3: i'm going to take marshall i'm going to take one college game so on bet the process this week we actually went through every bowl game really um and we did a minute on every bowl game it, actually a little bit more with the, with the guy by the name of bud elliott i think i mentioned him before it's cops football expert specialist, super sharp great great better great insights um, and so, yeah, we do a minute on each game because people have these, like, you know, betting, they have these pools and things like that they do for the Bulls. And so, and I mean, what, what are the Bulls for if not to bet on? So um, we, we have a minute on every single game. Um, I'm going to take Marshall, which is, a, I think, a game on Monday, minus 10 over UConn. Uh, UConn doesn't really deserve, deserve to be in a bowl. I think Rufus said his numbers on this game are that Marshall should be favored by 20 points. So <laughs> wow. uh, we really like Marshall in this game.
0: Okay. And those are your picks for this week. Yep. And you and Rufus are sated and content now after that meal, right?
3: Yeah, we, we are. I mean, we went to, I went to a couple of Italian restaurants in, in, uh, New York. I went to Carbone and Scarpetta, uh, which are two great ones. And, uh, we, we talked about the next day when we were recording our podcast, which was around 3 p.m., whether we had eaten anything since the night before. Yeah. And uh, he had just eaten a salad, and I really hadn't eaten anything. So, yes, we were sated. But I'm hungry now because it was five days ago.
0: Well, at some point, <laughs> you're going to have to get me into Carbone
3: <laughs> if I ever well, leave my house. Any moment that you want to come to Carbone, I'll meet you in New York, and we'll go to Carbone. Fantastic. We had a couple really nice bottles of wine, which I'm sure you would have appreciated. would it
0: love it. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff, you can hear Jeff Jeff and Rufus on Bet the Process, and you can hear Jeff with us once a week during the football season. We will take a break, email, and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
4: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes.
0: That's Phil Coleman, and that instrument is the euphonium.
2: It's just lovely. Nigel, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad, please? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the DC area nearest you. Then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say I know that we could have made it. We had
0: ideas in our heads, and I wish somehow we could have saved it. But we're gasoline alley bread. Yet the years haven't really been wasted, and I know that in my head, we did good for the life that we tasted, because we're gasoline alley bread. This is a great song, okay? This is a song by the Hollies. This is a song, and I wrote some stuff down, because it is a very pessimistic song. They didn't make it. This is a song about class, and a song that says demography is destiny. It is a haunting song. It is a great song. It begins with the lyrics, woman, get your head out of curlers, time to get your butt out of bed. And this is like, we failed. We tried, we failed. Thank God we gave it a shot. It's a Brilliant song, Gasoline Alley Bread by the Hollies. Thanks to our guests today, Jason Lockenfora, James Carville, Jeff Mobb. Thanks to our sponsors today, Harry's Razor, Solo Stove. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And if you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. To start with an email, I mentioned Sam Neill the other day and my thoughts that Sam Neill may have overlapped at Vanderbilt with Dansby Swanson. And Sam writes, dear Mr. Kornheiser, he's still calling me Mr. Kornheiser. <laughs> Son of respect. Okay. <laughs> On Wednesday's podcast, I think you were mixing up Dansby Swanson, class of 2016, with David Price, class of 2008 at Vanderbilt. Price lived across the hall from me during my freshman year at Vanderbilt. Seeing Price, a six-six left-handed pitcher who threw 98, made me immediately realize that I was not actually good at baseball <laughs> and I was better suited for beer league softball. Price, was also a great smart guy, has gone on to win a Cy Young Award and a World Series and make hundreds of millions of dollars. I, on the other hand, helped my office slow-pitch softball team win the D.C. law firm Coed Softball League this summer, so I got that going for me. On a fairly unrelated note, my law firm used to be home to the smartest man in Washington, Abby Lowell. But like Dansby Swanson, I never overlapped with Abby. Plenty of other Littles at my firm, though, including the great Justin Murphy. And he says happy holidays to everybody. And I'd always love to hear from Sam. That's great. Who was a great baseball player in Little League, Right, Michael? Yeah, he held the uh, strikeout record at uh, regionals for yeah. a while. Sam Neal uh, was a great player. And Mikey Sheridan
1: was a great player. Oh, yeah, player. Sam had great control of arm angle just, at a young age.
0: Just great. All right, these are great emails about my MRI. And I've been denied. And I'm going to have to pay it myself. Cigna, You've been denied? Yeah, Cigna. Really? Seriously? Really? Okay. Thanks for Thanks for the insurance that is unavailable to me, <laughs> even though I have it. What? From Ben Robertson in Madison, Mississippi. Could you pay for your MRI with post points? Hmm. From Mike Todd, not that no, Mike Todd in year. Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> just ordered my shacket from Johnny O using the TK gobble code. Just wondering if the code TK MRI is applicable at my local health care provider. I'll hang up and listen. From Mike in Flagstaff, Arizona. Listening to Wednesday's show, I think I just had a David Aldridge moment, but for insurance reasons. We have Cigna insurance through my employer and had the exact same experience. My daughter needed an MRI and Cigna declined it at first. We negotiated a cash price of $350, but much to our surprise, after the MRI, we received a bill of $2,000 after the insurance discount. Apparently, our doctor had gotten Cigna to approve the MRI, so the radiology office sent a claim to Cigna and then a bill to us. Finally, after five months of dealing with the radiology office, we were allowed to pay them the agreed upon cash price. No one could explain why the cash price was $350 and the negotiated insurance cost was $2,000. Lesson learned, the next MRI that was ordered, we paid the cash price and instructed them not to submit the claim. Cigna has declined every medical request that has been submitted and then approves the request only after the doctor does a call to explain why the MRI or the surgery is necessary. Insurance is a scheme, and Cigna is the worst. I'm just reading. Yeah. Happy to read, though. (laughs) From Ed (laughs) Butt. Your insurance company saga brings to mind my absolute favorite Monty Python skit, one which I've actually quoted in a legal brief when suing an insurance company for denying coverage. (laughs) In it, John Cleese works for an insurance company. One of the others comes in and asks if they offer insurance covering X. Of course, our policy is comprehensive. It covers absolutely everything. Well, does it cover? And they then proceed for five minutes to run through one preposterous hypothetical after another, each one more more bizarre than the last. Very well, I will purchase your policy. He writes out a check and receives his comprehensive policy. Now I would like to make a claim. Oh, we don't cover claims. (laughs) Ed Butt, old enough for Medicare. P.S. I'm scheduled for surgery in early January. Boulder Community Health Estimates that it will cost $64,000. It also estimates that together Medicare and my AARP supplemental coverage will pay $64,000. My share will be zero. There might actually be something to this universal health care. From Chris, recently my coworker had to get an MRI. The technician asked him what kind of music he wanted to listen to. He asked for classical music. They played Captain and (laughs) Tennille. That's funny. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) From Brandon Borzelli, just think, and this came last, last week, just think. On December 7th, 1941, not only had Mo Green not yet invented Las Vegas, the city that was to be a stopover for GIs heading to the West Coast, but he also still had both eyes. And to this day, there isn't still a signpost or a plaque of him in that town. (laughs) From Jason Blazer, it's either Lake Orion or Lake Orion. I get it wrong all the time. Coming this spring to Paramount+. Plus. Carvel and the Monkey, now it's time to settle the score. Eat it, Selyza. From Mark in Boise, first time long time since the vacation days of ESPN Radio. I've never had the need to email until struck with the genius when Tony mentioned betting with Carvel and the Monkey on the Wednesday Show, scrap the Hallmark movie ideas for Greg Garcia. Carvel and the Monkey is the perfect new buddy cop show for Freebie. <laughs> There's an endless supply of material as James and Reginald hit the mean streets of the DMV, with Reginald using various clippings and photos to translate Carvel's incoherent ramblings to their hard-nosed supervisor, civilians, and perps all as they unravel the most dangerous and difficult crimes of our nation's capital. It writes itself with intense ramblings and poo-throwing at the climax of each episode. (laughs) You're welcome, Greg. P.S. Can my business, Blue Sky Bagels, be the official bagel shop west of Bethesda Bagels? Or if that's too much, just a Boise We're not going to have a conflict here if you're in Boise, Idaho. That's your territory. Have Nigel send us the order and we'll have it ready. Or if that doesn't work, we can have Littles discount with each TK salute. Littles helping Littles. Uh, From Andy Fleming in Atlanta, Georgia. Has there ever been a more compelling theme song than the Mission Impossible theme? Does it not awaken a sense deep inside you that anything anything actually is possible. Aren't you always glad to hear it and want to listen all the way through, whether it's in a trailer for a Tom Cruise movie or being played by a high school marching band? And isn't that piece of music exactly the opposite than the theme music for Reginald, which I try to fast forward past every time in which when my fingers don't move fast enough, I find myself thinking that we're doomed as a species and on the verge of a complete inexorable societal collapse. Oh, I don't know if I feel that way. Yeah, I love that. I don't know that. Love the Reginald. One other one. Um, This is from Chris Joyner in Atlanta. Are we still talking about television theme songs and how they don't make them like they used to? Well, Grandpa, tell Michael to Google up the theme to the Apple TV show Slow Horses. Oh. Not only does it serve up the essence of the show, which is about a London office where the British Secret Service, isn't that M5, British Secret Service? Yes. Uh, Sends its loser agents, but it is performed by one Michael Philip Jagger. The song Strange Game ranks up there with some modern-day TV theme masterpiece, like Way Down in the Hole, which was used for The Wire, and the theme for the vastly underrated show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Slow Horses itself, which stars Gary Oldman as an aging, slovenly, and disreputable (laughs) MI5 agent, is great. It's in the same class as the Americans, albeit perhaps a seat or two towards the back. You can see of Apple TV will send you a box, if Apple TV will send you a box of that so you can judge for yourself. I have heard that that is a very good show. It is. It's I've exactly heard that. the type of show I've been looking for. It's I fantastic. have heard it's a very good show. Just I don't watch season, TV anymore.
2: Just started season two a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I do three episodes. The the theme song is brilliant. It's yeah. so great. So maybe I should do that. And Gary Oldman is just fantastic. Yeah, he's a great actor. He's, so- he's a great actor. <laughs> <laughs> if you're out on your bike, tonight everyone as
0: always, do wear white.
5: want to talk real customers, kid? That's me. I'm like the mayor of Duncan.
0: I go from Marblehead to Revere. It's great. <laughs>
1: Marblehead, with an O. (laughs) Marblehead, M O B B L E. Marblehead. Cruella, three parliaments. Mm.
5: The lights are shining. They stare at the wind It's a in the jar. Here. Christmas time is here